want to have safe kinky sex, make sure you make your way over to AdamEve.com. Adam and Eve has over 12 million satisfied customers worldwide. Everything from the newest vibrators to classic movies. When you're on AdamEve.com, make sure to enter in the promo code HUSH50. That's H-U-S-H-5-0 to get 50% off almost any one item and free shipping. Do I need to say that again? Free shipping. Make sure you have your kinky, safe sex needs satisfied by visiting AdamEve.com. Sex, dating, relationships, and all things kept on the hush. Welcome to Hush, the podcast that brings you the shit you love to hear. Let's slide into the episode. Dropping that sexiness for your ears as we enter another volume of Hush. Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of Hush. My name is Kim, and I'm very excited to bring you my guest, Alana McKenzie-Page, dating and intimacy coach. Can you tell us who you are and what you do? Thank you, Kim. I'm Alana, as you said, and I help people get in touch with their personal allure and the ability that they have to connect with others in romantic situations so that they can date to create amazing, exciting flirtatious, powerful relationships instead of dating the way that it often goes these days with all the worry about ghosting and (laughs) kind of rejection and pain that people are experiencing. What inspired you to do this? Well, for me, it was very personal because I... I was very bad at dating, is how we could say that. I dated for over 10 years actively, trying to find a relationship, and I just failed over and over again. It was like, no matter what I did, I was doing it wrong. I could never get what I wanted in a relationship. And eventually, that led me to realize that I was the common denominator in all of those situations that I had been through. Um, And I began to pursue kind of an education, we could say, this education about how to date better, how to have better relationships, how to, how attraction works, right? Like what, what makes someone choose you over someone else? And I found there were answers to all those questions and I began applying them in my own dating life and it transformed my whole dating life. And then in sort of after that, consequentially, my entire life. And I started thinking, you know, like, why, why doesn't everybody know this, right? Why aren't we, why aren't we all taught this kind of a thing? Yeah. So I, I was looking for a bit of a career switch at a, at a certain point, and I was teaching uh, languages. I was teaching foreign language and realized I could be teaching dating and things like flirtation and how to have fun dating communication so you'd never have to be in those boring dating chats that everybody is stuck in. And that would be sort of more fun to teach, I guess. (laughs) So I, um, yeah, I just, I created an online course because I had created online courses for language teaching and it was like, well, I'll just create one for dating. And then eventually got trained as a coach and 
you know, doing all these trauma-informed things and sort of healing work and all that stuff uh, so that I could then bring more depth to my work with other people. And now I've done that and written a book as well and continue to be sharing the message of better dating (laughs) with the world. That's very awesome. What challenges do you face? In dating or or in what area of life? <laughs> um, in your career. In my career, um, I would say for me personally, it's selling. I'm not big on selling. And of course, that's an important skill to have as a business person. So that really has required and still continues to require a lot of, I guess, sort of transformation from me, a lot of doing things that are uncomfortable, right? The same things that I do ask my clients and students to do, you know, in dating can be uncomfortable for them. Or for me, it's like, you know, <laughs> the the transaction is still uncomfortable for me of selling sometimes at certain times. Just the way that it's taught to that I've learned all of these methods that can feel a little less exciting than others. But getting into the Getting into the relationship of selling has really been helping me turn that around. It's almost like my teaching of dating helps me (laughs) with these parts that I wouldn't have considered relevant to running a business, but are actually turning out to be very relevant (laughs) to to these kind of entrepreneurial side activities, I guess. Yeah, I could see that. Um, When it comes to your clients, is... um... Is it like a broad type of teaching that you have, or is it tailor-fitted for each client and whatever they're facing? Yeah, that is, so I work a couple different ways. One-on-one, it would be much more like that. I mean, it's completely tailored to the person. I've worked with, you know, men, women, and everybody in between. And then I run a group program for women and people who identify as feminine. And so in that area, it's a, it's a little more formatted, we could say. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a group process. So I'm teaching the same skills to everybody and we are working through the same issues kind of a thing very general issues, right? Like kind of this fear of rejection or often people face a lot of scarcity thinking and dating, right? They think like, oh, this is the only person who is this for some reason, right? We get very stuck on like, this is the person or, you know, there will never be another person like this kind of a thing. So getting past uh, scarcity issues and, and trust issues is another big one. So I generally work then in this kind of like common area, but when I work one-on-one with people, it's very much, you know, whatever is coming up for them at the present moment in terms of dating, right? Some people don't even really want to be on a dating app. They're kind of like, they really want the relationship and the results, but they don't want to take any action. They're, They're kind of stuck taking the action. And then some people are really hurt by what's been happening to them in the online space, um, or, in a past relationship, right? We often have past relationships affecting how we're showing up currently in dating and you might need some healing around that, you know? So it really depends on the person and where they're at, but I also have a structured, like a very structured uh, curriculum that I take people through um, just as a former teacher, <laughs> like class teacher. I also do write curriculums, so... That is very awesome. I want to dig a little deeper. Can you explain to me the difference between masculine and feminine energy? 
Yeah, absolutely. So masculine and feminine energy are uh, sexual energy distinctions. And basically the masculine energy is outward moving energy. And you can think of this as during the, you know, this it's a very ancient teaching. So it's kind of this sacred act of procreation, human procreation. The masculine role is to uh, ejaculate, right? It's ejaculating sperm outwardly. So masculine energy is all about outward moving energy. And then the, the role of the female is to accept the sperm and grow the egg inside. So it's the internal energy. Um, so feminine energy refers to internal processing, the kind of what's going on inside of you energetically. And everybody has both masculine and feminine energy, obviously, right? <laughs> we all have an internal life and then we all, you know, affect movement outside of ourselves. That's, <laughs> that's how life works. Um, but generally, when we go to dating or to a sexy space, we, um, we sort of experience this kind of dynamicness between our outward, we could say giving, right? Like outward moving energy in terms of giving, in terms of doing something. Um, and then you also have this side of being human and then also sexuality where you are receiving and you are experiencing your internal state and your um, your emotional state, right? Everything that's going on inside of you, regardless of what you're doing or giving or all of this, this kind of stuff. And what's happened for a lot of people in modernity is that we don't pay quite as much attention to what's going on inside of us in a way that's empowering and full of awareness. We often are acting. We're doing a lot of what we would call the masculine energy. We're doing a lot of acting. We're doing a lot of giving. We're doing a lot of kind of doing things externally. Like we're, we pay a lot of attention to what we look like and how other people perceive us. And we've kind of uh, neglected a little bit this, this very internal awareness of what's going on for me and what, what am I feeling right now and why am I having the emotions that I'm having, you know, positive or negative, like what, why, why do I feel this way? We, we haven't been necessarily trained to go there first. Or it's just kind of natural, I guess we can say that. It's, it feels very natural to just go along and do the things that we do, that we've learned to do, instead of spending time on this kind of the, the inner question, like what what's going on for me internally. Did it take a while for you to find empowerment um, from getting in touch with your feminine energy? Not really. <laughs> Once I learned about it, um, I was kind of one of these people who was very triggered by the word feminine. I didn't, I didn't appreciate that. And I identified very strongly as a feminist. And I felt like I had been taught that feminine was an identity that I was either going to, you know, be able to be able to succeed at, right? Like I was either going to be feminine or I was not. And so once I really just learned this kind of mindset shift of like oh feminine is an energy that I can either be right now or and I don't have to be like it doesn't actually really matter <laughs> I can totally just be in either energy that's that is very easy to do and then I had been studying all of these sort of dating techniques right we could say the the skills of a great dating conversation how to flirt how to have someone ask you out in a way that felt fun and kept the energy of the relationship going and 
that took probably all of like six months to really just learn and integrate. And then I, the first day I went on after learning all of that stuff, I, I held off on dating for a while. I was sort of seeing this one person at the time, this one guy who was not, uh, you know, it was very casual. He was not very interested in me. It was sort of the same kind of thing I had been doing for all of the years that I've been doing that I've been actively dating. And, um, I finally was able to break free from that. And just the first date I went on was a completely new experience. So in a way, you know, it took this time of, of like learning and cultivating new, new, a new mindset and new habits. Um, but in another way, it was very quick. It was a very fast turnaround in terms of, you know, just it, it went completely differently for me right away after I had learned what I learned. <laughs> So prior to that, I am curious, what was your worst date like? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one, Kim? <laughs> oh, I've been there, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Which this one is where just... you, you can read my book because it's just all bad dates, really. <laughs> what I was doing was mostly just bad dates. For example, the, I think the most shocking one for people is that I was taken to a sex club for gangbang night without consenting to that or expressing any interest in that. And <laughs> that was that was not what I ever expected to have happened to me, not something I was particularly interested in. It was not, yeah, it was not my idea of a great date, right? And this was probably, like, the third date I'd been on with this person, so... Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was it was just yeah I I don't really have words for it <laughs> yeah. but you know I was just this person that people really felt like they could do whatever they wanted to I think you know and so they did yeah it was it felt really awful felt really awful to have that experience that was probably the one that was like wow something's really wrong here yeah <laughs> 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 So I am currently reading The Art of Feminine Seduction, your book, and I did read that part and I could just feel the awkwardness. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Especially yeah. when, you know, there was a, you, you said it was like a warehouse setting. I was like, wait a minute, this is sketchy. <laughs> yeah, with like no windows, right? Yes. So it's just like this big box, essentially. I had no idea what waited for me in there. You mentioned in your yeah. book, like, body and time is not owed to anyone. I feel like we don't speak on that often, you know. Um, how crucial mm -hmm. is it knowing that in terms of dating? So crucial. Um, yeah, I, I can't even emphasize that enough. It's like you, you have to become aware of that in order to be able to uh, date effectively at all. Yeah, I, it's just, it's so important. <laughs> it's really, you, you will have such a hard time getting anywhere without that knowledge, in a way, without that ability to, to remember, like, oh, wait, you know, uh, I don't, I don't need to go home with this person. Like, oh, wait, I don't need to agree to that just because they said that, you know, again, this has happened to a lot of people who identify as feminine is we're, we've been socialized to kind of take other people's needs ahead of our own and to just live in this world where we're accommodating, right? It, we're agreeable. And it does, it makes us safer, right? I talk about that in the book a little bit too. Like it's, it's a way that we keep ourselves safe is to be accepted and to be, 
you know, not, <laughs> not creating big conflicts because we can stay physically safe that way. But at the same time, when you're dating and you want to be creating a relationship that you get to be yourself in, that you get to be powerful in, that you are a partner in, not just like, you know, oh, I'm here for the ride, take me wherever you feel like, <laughs> like to a sex mm-hmm. club. Um, you, you really need that awareness of my body, my time are, are my own. Because you're really, I mean, especially with online dating, you're meeting strangers, you know, it, mm-hmm. you're, you don't owe them anything at all. It, it wouldn't even affect your life in a big way, except for initially we ha- often have some big emotions about people that we're dating, but it wouldn't affect your life for them to come in and then, and then leave. And so you really have to maintain this awareness that you're the star character of your life, no matter what they're saying or, you know, feeling or putting, you know, putting out there just to really maintain that, that centeredness in yourself can be really hard to do, but it's, it's so necessary for creating relationships that can go the distance. I do feel that you mentioned online dating. So my own experiences typically is, well, what I've had is I've had people that do want to go on dates, but the majority of the time, I feel like I have to weed down to them. 98% of the time, I come across people that just want to hook up, and I feel like that's kind of the culture right now. Uh, what are your tips with online dating so you don't just get a hookup, but you actually get something meaningful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would I would say you have to be really clear about what you want for yourself. Not necessarily that you have to like lead a dating conversation with like, I'm looking for something serious. What are you doing here? You know, you don't you don't need to necessarily bring that in, but just to have that awareness for yourself, like have that front and center whenever you're making any online dating decisions. Definitely, you know, having it on your profile, really sort of claiming it for yourself. And then when you're having those initial chats, like even at the very beginning, I teach a method, you'll find it in the book, called Emotional Questions, which really get to the root of who someone is very quickly. So you can start to weed through, like, someone who's just there to, like, mess around or, you know, they're going through a heartbreak and they're kind of using online dating as a rebound tool. Like, you can just start to kind of get those people out of the way really quickly so that you don't have to spend really any energy on them um and when you're when you're having kind of these slightly deeper emotional conversations it becomes very clear quickly who is ready you know right like who is emotionally available that's really what it gets down to who is emotionally available for the kind of relationship that you want to experience like it really just gets you clear on uh who can meet you where you are rather than who's just who's just there to yeah, mess around or look for something casual, as you said. And oftentimes people who are quote unquote looking for something casual can change their mind um, if they really, if they feel connected to you, right? I mean, sometimes people use the, I'm just looking for something casual as a way to keep intimacy at bay because they're afraid of getting hurt and rejected themselves. But when you create this relationship, an, an emotional connection that is deep and fulfilling, those people are able to get past that and open up a little bit to, oh, there, there might be something here. Like there's, there's potential here because I'm having a good time with this person. Um, so there's, that's a little caveat, I guess, just to say like, 
sometimes that that kind of looking for something casual can be a cop out. That's not actually true for people once they finally get into relationship, like once they finally get into the emotional intimacy of what it really means to be getting to know another person, even in a dating context. So you mentioned earlier in the conversation um, in terms of like your clients and teaching them um, from from like the group standard about going through healing and things like that. I think that's where I'm currently at. I struggle with emotional intimacy just because of what I've gone through with my past relationship and um, adultery, cheating, um, narcissism, lies. So what do you suggest for people struggling with emotional intimacy? Yeah, so for me, it was, um, it was, it felt pretty similar at the beginning. Like I, you know, I, I was just like, I'm kind of broken is how I felt. I really, I really related to myself as, as broken. And I didn't actually need to, you know, do anything specific, I guess it turned out, which was interesting. Um, what I, what I did was just begin to date in this new way. So I, I just started to date using emotional questions and using, it was kind of a, an emotional awareness, right. Of, of, again, that inner feminine, how am I showing up? Right. How am I feeling right now? Setting aside the kind of the people pleasing and the overgiving and the, dating to really like receive validation and attention. And I started getting really serious about what I wanted, which was a, was a relationship and, um, and, and just being with people, like really just getting to know who people were at an emotional level. And, and that sort of was the magic that healed me and created these amazing relationships that I started having almost immediately. Because even though, um, even though not everybody was for me, like, even though, you know, I didn't end up with the first person that I dated after I learned this, right? Um, and I actually, I was traveling at the time, so I, I, started, I met a bunch of different men on uh, in several different countries and um, got to sort of test, <laughs> test the validity of, of my system um, in a very real way. But the sort of level of connection that I had at that point was was a profound shift from what I had previously experienced in, you know, this sort of dating in which I said I was dating for a relationship <laughs> versus when I just started, you know, really relating to people as people, but also romantic potentials and taking myself more seriously in terms of you know, the, the level of connection I was looking for, right? Like I just, I stopped accepting crumbs. I stopped accepting low effort. I just... You know, I, I really got focused on getting to know who people were and then spending time with people who had the kind of integrity that I liked. And it led to some really incredible relationships. And so, like, you know, even though it was sort of like, I, oh, those those dates, quote unquote, didn't work out, right, because I'm not still with those men, it didn't feel like that even, right? It felt like, oh, I got to know some really incredible people. They weren't my life partner, but I got to know these really amazing men, you know, that are going to be amazing for someone else as someone else's life partner. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that there was this, that was the shift that happened for me in terms of my emotional healing was I didn't necessarily need to, um, 
actually, you know, I, I had spent all these years, like, being celibate because I was like, I can't date right now. I'm, t- I'm too broken, right? Um, or I had, I like, I'm just working on myself right now. Like, I think those are very valid strategies for sure. But what actually moved things for me, what actually changed the game for me was just approaching it differently, right? Was It was really actively getting into a new space using the teaching that I teach <laughs> now, it worked, right? So I um, I just, I, I really got into that kind of, how do you, how do I be safe emotionally, I guess? How do I be safe emotionally with someone in a way that still honors myself and how I am and um, what I need, I guess, in relationship? And that sort of, that shifted the kind of, man that I was dating in general because as soon as I was found out that I was kind of dating someone who was willing to cheat on me right was interested in lying to me who was willing to put his own sexual pleasure before my own it was kind of like just bye-bye right like previously I had felt very much like oh no you know now I need more of their attention they're rejecting me they don't love me enough right they that was a big one for me like they don't they obviously don't love me enough because otherwise they wouldn't treat me like this Mm -hmm. um and I just became so disinterested in those kind of people because I was just focused on people including myself (laughs) in that group people who were interested in a higher level of emotional connection like people who were really there to speak the truth and like tell me who they were, what they've been through, what they've learned. Like once you start communicating with people on that level, the relationship that you have is just so different that you, you know, you are cultivating trust. You are cultivating care. You are cultivating attraction even. And then eventually that can lead to like real deep commitment because both of you can feel that there's something different about the relationship when you're really talking on that intimate level and you both feel safe to express yourselves truthfully. It makes a difference. So now speaking on this side of the spectrum, let's say that you found all that and you're in a relationship now with somebody who's giving you all these qualities. How do you suggest that the couple uh, maintains intimacy, commitment, attention, and love? Oh, yeah. That's that's my favorite part. <laughs> um, yeah, so in what I believe is that dating never stops, and that's why I'm such a big advocate for amazing dating skills, <laughs> uh, because I, I really believe, I mean, you know, I'm only three years into this relationship now, and we are, we're married, but, you know, that's not a crazy long time to be together, so I can't speak for, like, you know, the 20-year arc, but I really believe, and, and the research does agree, that you can keep sort of the spark alive, we can say. Of course, it's going to be a different spark, like it's going to be transforming all the time, mm-hmm. um, but you can really sort of keep the energy and the chemistry of a relationship going by keeping the energy of dating there, right? So whether that means... It will vary a little bit by who is in the relationship. So these are really great things to find out about the person that you're dating, uh, even early on. Um, But definitely, like, by six months in, you want to know this stuff. Like, what do they need to feel really loved? Like, what what do they – what makes them feel – you know, you could even be, like, turned on, right? Like, what makes them feel really cared for and and held in the relationship? And then – 
you do that, you know, you just keep doing that. So for me, like, I love quality time and physical touch. So like having my hand held when we walk somewhere just goes so far for me. Or uh, we have regular date nights where we still like, you know, maybe we dress up a little bit and we go out and it's kind of that same energy of when we were first dating where we're, we're, um, you know, just in that place of like, it's just us here together. So not, not dealing with <laughs> our, all of the like sort of logistics of life that we have to handle, but um, we're also here to have fun together, right? And then on that note, flirtation also. I'm a big believer in the power of flirtation every day, including not just beginning uh, stages of love or dating, but also just all the way through. It's kind of like how to play with your partner, right? Like how to have fun and this kind of banter and yeah, just this, this, the playful flirtatious energy that, uh, you, you know, brings more laughter and joy to the relationship in general. So those would be the major ones, I guess, is really learning how to love the person that you're with specifically for them, like what are their specific needs, and then also keeping up the flirtation, and we should add emotional connection to that list, so keeping up the flirtation (laughs) and intentional emotional connection all the time kind of a thing, like just keeping those as, as kind of constant awarenesses in the relationship between you. I want to build off of flirtation. What are your best flirting tips? Oh, good. <laughs> My favorite topic. <laughs> so <laughs> the most important thing to remember is that the best flirts are made in the moment and they're made specifically for the person that you're talking to. And the, the definition that I work with of flirting is that it is telling the person why you like them, essentially, how you like them, why you like them, what's great about them, by giving them attention that says they matter, right? So that's really what a flirt is, is you're, is you're telling someone you notice them and that they matter. And then the second part of that is that you don't expect anything in return, right? So we just, I used the word playful when I was talking about flirtation before. That is super important about a flirt. It's, a flirt is just an acknowledgement of somebody, but without any expectation that they respond in a certain way. So you can, you can flirt on all kinds of levels. Like you can flirt in compliments. You can flirt in like kind of kind of very sexual ways. Actually, you can be like very forthcoming, right? Like we've all heard those kind of overtly sexual flirts, (laughs) but it can be just something as simple as, you know, like, I don't know. Oh, something occurred to me the other day. I didn't say it because I was like, not an appropriate moment to flirt, Alana. <laughs> but it was just like, you know, someone was like in a grocery store. I don't know. It was like pushing carts or bagging something. It was just like one of the employees. And I could have said something like, wow, I don't know if you have enough carts there. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a great flirt because what you're noticing is just like that person is there doing something you know, and, and you see them. That's really all you're telling someone with a flirt is that you see them. Um, so in dating, because that's the most important thing right now in <laughs> this conversation, the way that I usually recommend flirting is right away. So in terms of getting a dating conversation started, you want to flirt right away just to add a little bit more energy into the conversation and let the other person know that you that you find them attractive, right? Like, why are you, why did you even match with them? Why are you even trying to have this conversation with them? 
you want to let them know that you find them interesting, that you find them appealing, right? So in terms of online dating, you would look at their profile and, and sort of figure out either through their pictures or their, uh, their words, right? Like what, what doesn't treat you? Like, why did you match with them? What, what did make you want to talk to them? And then you just say something about that, you know, like you just comment on how you like that essentially, right? Like you just comment that you like what they like, or you appreciate their eyes, or you love, you know, how they snuggle their dog, like it really could be anything, right? So yeah, that's, that's really it. The best flirt is like specific to the person and to the situation that you're in. And um, really just gets right to the heart of why that person is great. I love that. I can actually relate to some of that. So on my profile, on my Tinder profile, I list that my regular job is a 911 dispatcher. So I get like some creative little lines in regards to that. Like, oh, you know, is that the line I have to call to hear your voice? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes me laugh. But I'm like, I love the effort. <laughs> the yeah, creativity exactly. behind that. You read my profile. <laughs> yeah. And that's the power. That's exactly what you just said. It's like, that is the power of, of doing that little flirt because it does. It makes someone feel like, wow, you saw me. Like, you actually paid attention and you came here with some effort. <laughs> you came here not just being like, hi, silence, right? <laughs> you know, it, it can make a huge difference in the entire arc of the conversation because then, right, like, you feel a little more intrigued and you're more likely to answer that chat and you want to say something funny in return right like you want to say something engaging in return like wow haha you know whatever but it, it can just create this kind of like you know, fun right it just opens the conversation with fun instead of this kind of hesitation that people often feel in that dating space in terms of like oh now we match now what right or yeah. oh now we started the conversation now what right like oh, should we be going on a date? Uh, what do I do? And if you if you can get that kind of energy sparked, you can really, there can become this whole arc of fun and connection that then leads to, you know, meeting in person and hopefully creating more fun and connection if you, if, if that's, you know, what you're both available for. So you had mentioned earlier, um, there were some people that struggle with online dating apps that have a profile, but they're not really on there because they haven't found any success with it. And I feel like I'm kind of there sometimes, but I will say that uh, now I'm thinking maybe I should be the one to message a little bit more. Do you ever get people that are like females or anybody with feminine energy that's like, mm, I don't really want to be the one to like initiate. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I should. <laughs> I should switch this up a little. <laughs> Yeah, I loved initiating. I had no problem. And I am the first one who initiated with my husband. Um, so I know it works. Uh, the way that, that I recommend initiating with feminine energy is to use that flirtation and to um, to really stick to your own desire. So that's where this it comes back to the feminine energy. It's the internal state. So it, it is all about, like, do I want to message this person, right? Do I want to initiate? So... In, in the feminine way, you just want to avoid obligation, basically. You just want to avoid 
oh, I should talk to this person, I guess, right? You just want to avoid that kind of energy. But if you're ever, like, you see someone's profile and you're intrigued and you just want to, like, you know, ignite the conversation, like, absolutely, absolutely, you can go for it. And that is when I recommend starting with the flirt, like, that little, that little, like, little line. Or um, if you can't think of a line, I also say totally fine to just say, like, hello and then add a little winky face. Um, because the, the winky face adds the flirtation that you would have otherwise had in your line. And it just it just creates a little bit more space for the other person to come back and say something, um, you know, with a little more zing than like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's what you're aiming for. Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do want to get into um, where can people reach you? So I am online everywhere at Sovereign Dating, and my website is sovereign-dating.com. But if you look up Sovereign Dating, you should find me. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I think my Twitter is really sad, but it's there. (laughs) I keep meaning to do something with it and not doing it. And also, if you look up The Art of Feminine Seduction, you will find all kinds of things I have done around that, and especially my book, which I think is sort of the easiest way to get all of the all of the goodness out of what we just talked about today. Do you have any future projects that you're working on? Um, that is a great question. <laughs> uh, my future projects, I guess, are kind of related to what I've been doing now for the past, these past several several years in terms of getting the book launched. I'm about to appear on a bunch of sort of larger media, television stations and uh, magazines and things like that. Um, so I'm very excited about that. That's sort of like the future that is in progress, but, but um, is happening in the next couple months. And then I'm launching another program in September and non-dating related, but just life related, I'm also going to be putting together a musical act this year, another one of my previous lives before COVID. I was a singer as well, and so I'm going to be getting back to some of the music, so I'm very excited about that too. That's very awesome. I wish you the best with your future endeavors. I thank you again for taking the time and discussing all of this with me. I'm still reading through your book, um, The Art of Feminine Seduction. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm actually thinking about trying to apply some of that, like the way (laughs) I mentioned before, even to like online dating, you know, that's, it's uh, a new step that I'm going to try to take. (laughs) I'm so glad to hear that. It really, I mean, it really changed my whole life. And, um, and so yeah, I hope the same for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for the time that you've taken today. To... Yeah, thank you so much, Kim. Great to talk to you. Thank you. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today for another special edition of Hush. You can find us on thehushpodcast.com, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Red Dragons Radio, any Alexa-enabled devices, and all other major platforms. Also, make sure to visit me on Instagram and Twitter at hushpodcast69.